It will change your life. It will change the trajectory of your life. It will change your family. It will impact generations to come in your bloodline. Somebody say a good amen. Hallelujah. Let's try that one more time. Amen. amen. Sounds good. Sounds, sounds amazing. I want to teach this house to learn how to create an atmosphere for the miraculous. Amen. When you say amen, you're not cheerleading the preacher. You're saying, yes, we speak in agreement. We release Matthew 18, 19. We agree with what God is doing in this place. Somebody shout a good amen. amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Wonderful. I hope you have a pen and a paper or get a phone. Come on, somebody. We're going to learn the word of God today. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to learn how to hear the voice of God. John chapter 10 from verse 1 to 4. John chapter 10 from verse 1 to 4. I'm going to read. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the shepherd's, the sheepfold by the door, but climbs some other way, the same is a thief and not a robber. They're talking about the devil. But in this second verse here, they're going to shift and talk about Jesus. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And he brings out his own sheep. He goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they hear his voice. And the sheep follow him, for they hear his voice. When I was about 20 years old, I had just come to America. I was hanging out with a bunch of friends. And uh, one of the brothers that we were hanging out with in law was an Indian brother. Love my Indian people. Love Indian food. Any Indian food people up here? No? Not many? No. You better drink some water, though, because that thing will burn you. <laughs> but I love Indian food. So I was hanging out with this Indian brother, you know, walked into this house, into his house. You can smell the sweet aroma of the curries and the, the Indian food and the spices. We were just hanging out. But at the end of the night, I just started walking around his living room. And I was appreciating all the decor, the paintings on the wall, beautiful paintings from India. Just so much artwork in this living room. And I saw on the corner of the living room, uh, seated on a table, was this interesting piece of artwork. The statue, actually. And I just thought it was very, very interesting. And I wanted to ask him and and get some information about this statue. And I thought maybe this statue comes from India in some village somewhere. Maybe there's an interesting story behind this statue. So I asked my friend, I said, Tarek, what's this, what's this artwork about? What's this statue all about? And I thought he was going to tell me some real interesting story. But I was really shocked by the answer that he gave me. He said, hey man, that is my God. Somebody say, Wow. Say it backwards. He said, that statue right there sitting on the table is my God. I was, I was blown away. I said, wow, that's your God? He said, yeah, man, that's my God. And I said, you pray to that thing? And he said, yeah. I mean, I don't pray like my parents do. But yeah, every morning my parents get up there and they pray. Once in a while when I feel like talking to some higher power. Once in a while, when I feel like being ritualistic, I go over there and I talk to it. And I was just really shocked. I said, wow, that's your God. Like right there. You've got, you've got your God right here sitting in your house. 
Like, that's your God right there. Like, that's it right there. Like, wow, that's your God right there. And I said, so does he speak to you? Does he answer your prayers? Does he say stuff to you? I was just, I was sincerely just shocked about this, amazed. And he started laughing. He was like, man, no, that thing has never done anything for me. That thing doesn't speak, doesn't do anything. I mean, my parents pray to it. I pray to it once in a while, but it's never really done anything for me. It's just, it's, that's why I'm not into this religious thing because I don't get it. Because that thing doesn't speak to me. Impact, I want you to know that the main difference that we have as Christians to non-Christians is that we have a personal relationship with Daddy God. Uh, let's take a moment and think about this because we get too familiar sometimes. It's not the case with everybody. We have a relationship with God. We're not just practicing some rituals. I said to my friend, does, does he ever, does, is it a she or a he? I don't know. Does that thing ever speak to you? I wasn't trying to demean him, but I was just really shocked at this. He said, no, man, that thing never speaks to me. That's why I don't understand this whole thing. You have a relationship with God. That's why the Bible says in the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 15, it says, the spirit you received does not make you slaves. We're not slaves to some rituals. We're not slaves to some rules. We have a relationship. Does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. By him we cry, Abba, Father. Somebody cry, Abba, Father. You've got a daddy. You have a relationship. The day I said yes to Jesus, I joined a family, not a religion. I've got a family. We have a relationship with God. Ah, I remember when my wife and I were just beginning to date. We would speak on the phone for a long time. Anybody, anybody been in love before? Come on. Anybody, I know a few people in love up in here. I'm not going to say who, but, but anybody been in love before? Come on. You cannot have a relationship without speaking to each other. You cannot have a relationship without communicating. You cannot have a relationship with Daddy God without speaking to him and him speaking back to you. That's why we're talking about hearing the voice of God. Man, I remember nights when I would speak with my wife for a long time. One day we were speaking until 3 o'clock in the morning, Josh. Josh might know a little bit about love, you know. But we were speaking until 3 o'clock in the morning. And I was like, okay, honey, we got to go to bed. And she's like, okay, good night, honey. I'm like, good night. She's like, you hang up. I'm like, you hang up first. No, you hang up. No, you hang up first. No, you hang up. No, you hang up first. I'm the dude. No, I'm the lady. I, I love you more. No, I love you more. No, I love you more. I love you more. Come on, y'all. Don't be staring at me. Don't be looking at me that way. Some of you fell hard in love. She's like, no, you hang up first. No, you do it. You do it. I remember one day my wife was so crazy. She was like, okay, just stay on the phone. I just want to hear you breathe. You don't have to talk. Just breathe. I'm like, ah. Do you feel my love, honey? <laughs> and I'm hearing our little breath. <laughs> like, oh, Jesus, oh, feel the Holy Spirit inside of me. 
We were talking, just talking and talking and talking and talking. One day, no joke, I fell, off, I fell asleep on the phone. She fell asleep. I woke up in the morning. I'm like, snap. Hello? Hey. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> you still there? Yeah, I'm here. I love you, baby. I love you. Tikiero. I love you, honey. There's no relationship without communication. There's no relationship without speaking. My friend could not hear back from that thing. We have a privilege we can listen and hear back to Daddy God speaking to us. Come on, how about a hand for Jesus? How about a hand for Daddy God? Come on, I've got a father. I'm not some fatherless person. Come on, somebody. I don't care if your father wanted you or not. Daddy God wants you, and he loves you. And I just dare think that I'm God's favorite child, and you're God's favorite child too. Hallelujah. But there's a lot of misconceptions when it comes to hearing the voice of God. So I want to give you six misconceptions that there is to hearing the voice of God. And I want to destroy these misconceptions. And then after that, I'm going to give you three things you need to know about hearing the voice of God. Amen. Impact. We are a teaching church. Amen. The first misconception about hearing the voice of God is that God does not speak anymore. Is that true? It's not true. God still speaks. Uh, to think that this daddy God who loves us so much just decided to stop speaking to his children does not make sense. I've got four kids. I love them so much. I can't wait to speak to them. To think that daddy God who created me to be a dad who loves to speak to his children, to think that, that God does not want to speak to us does not make sense. To, speak th to think that the God that spoke to Adam in the garden, the God that spoke to Abraham and Moses, spoke to them, details. To think that that God somehow just developed laryngitis and he can't speak anymore does not make sense. To think that this God just became a mute does not make sense. Well, pastor, you talked about Abraham, you talked about Adam. You talked about Moses. That's, that's the Old Testament. Well, let me bring you to the New Testament. The Bible says in the book of Matthew chapter 4 verse 4. But he answered and said to him, he is capital H, so that's Jesus. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Somebody shout mouth. God still speaks. Not only does God still speak, I need God's voice to live. I need God's voice for my survival. I cannot be a good husband without hearing the voice of God. I cannot be a good father without hearing the voice of God. I cannot be a good pastor without hearing the voice of God. The day I stop hearing from God, you better run out of this church. Not only does God still speak, I need his voice for my survival. Hearing God's voice can change generations upon generations. And number two. Second misconception is that God only speaks to some special people. Uh, I know somebody's thinking, man, just listen to that pastor's exotic, his exotic accent. I know God speaks to him. God's got to speak with an accent like that. Isn't it amazing when they make these movies, they always get a guy with an accent to play God? In the beginning was the word. 
And in the beginning, he said, let there be light. I love watching the, the Discovery Channel. They always get a guy with, a, with an accent too. The gazelle is chasing the lion. And the lion, oh my God, oh my God, the lion is coming. And there's a hippo. But they always get somebody with an accent. And so there are people in this place who think, oh my God, I know, I know that guy hears God. I know for sure my spouse hears God, not so much me. I know, I, I know my mother, oh yeah, mom, oh yeah, mom gets through. She's got signal. I know mom hears God. Not so much me. I'm not one of those special ones. That's not true. The Bible says in the book of John chapter 10, 3 to 4, to him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep, what? And the sheep, and the sheep, have you said yes to Jesus? Who's the shepherd? Who's the sheep? And the sheep do what? You have the right to hear the voice of God because you're sheep. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, you're a sheep. Tell them, you're a good sheep. Now tell them, now I know what I've been smelling all along. <laughs> Come on, you can laugh in the house of God. Come on, somebody. Sheep, hear his voice. Number three, there's this misconception that God doesn't... God has to speak to me about everything. God has to speak to me about everything. Now, the first two are people who kind of struggle. They think God doesn't speak anymore. And the second group thinks maybe he does, but he just speaks to some special people. But this third group of people have, have no problems believing that God still speaks. But they believe that God has got to speak to them about every little thing, every, every single thing. Now, don't get me wrong. God will speak to you in a very detailed way. He will. But this is a group of people that believe that God's got to speak to me about everything. So they lay in bed. They say, God, I'm waiting for you to tell me when to get up. Oh, you want me to get up now, God? Okay, I'm going to get up. What do you want me to do now, God? Oh, God just told me to go to the bathroom, bathroom, bathroom. So they go to the bathroom. God, what, what, what's next? They get a toothpaste. God, what do you want me to do with this toothpaste? Or put it on the toothbrush. You want me to put it on the toothbrush, God? I'm going to do it. They think God's speaking to them about every little thing. They're, they're fanatics. They're crazy. Oh, God, what do you want me to do now? You want me to go to the kitchen? Yeah, I'm going to go to the kitchen. So I'm standing in the kitchen and I'm waiting for God to tell me if I'm going to have the cornflakes or the Cheerios. Oh, God, you just said Cheerios. Okay, it's Cheerios today. Oh, God just changed his mind. It's time for conflicts now. And they go to work. And they say, God just told me that it's time for lunch break now. It's 10 o'clock in the morning. Come on. That's not God. And God just told me to read his word. I just love to read his word. Well, it's time to get back to work. No, God just said read for another hour or so. And then they get fired, and then they blame the boss and say, they just hate me there. Those, those God-haters, those antichrist people, they've got demons. No, they don't have demons. That's not hearing the voice of God. That's no, there's a Greek word for that. The Greek word is stupidity. <laughs> That's not the voice of God. That's not God. Come on, somebody. This is why people don't like church people. We've got to be the best on our jobs. 
We've got to be the hardest working people because we are representing an almighty Jehovah. Somebody shout hallelujah. The Bible says in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7. It says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and what? Sound mind, sound judgment, wisdom. The day you received Jesus, you didn't lose your brain. You still have the right brain, which is intuition. And you still have the left brain, which is reasoning. God still expects us to, ex to execute wisdom and to release wisdom. Yes, God speaks to you and he will speak to you specifically. But we've got to balance that with the wisdom of God. Somebody say amen. Father, raise up a church in this place of our wise people. Raise up the Daniels and the Esthers of this generation in Jesus' name. These are what I call sign seekers. God has got to give me a sign for everything. We're, we're, we're buying a house. We're house, hunt, we're house hunting. Oh, my God. The living room, the paint in the living room is red. Red for the blood of Jesus. This is the house. Everything is a sign. Every single thing. Come on. You know somebody like that. Every single thing is a sign. We're going to buy a car. The car salesman who's trying to sell us this car that, that doesn't work anymore, he's black and he's bald Oh, my God. I go to Impact Church and the pastor is black and bald This has got to be the car, honey. And the kids are walking around and say, Mama, crazy. Mama, crazy. They don't want to come to church anymore. This next generation is not going to buy to that stuff. Somebody shout hallelujah. That's why we have to place and strategically place and understand apostolically the place, the strategic place for the gift of prophecy in the house of God. Because we have people there that are just running everywhere. I need a word. I need a word. I need a word. Because you haven't practiced the muscle of hearing the voice of God and believing what God is saying. That's why you're chasing every prophet in town. There's a prophet from Colombia. There's a prophet from, from Brazil. You're chasing prophets because you haven't practiced the muscle of hearing the voice of God. Somebody shout hallelujah. Now don't get me wrong. I'm a prophetic person. But many times... My prophecy has to be a confirmation to what God's already saying to you. Somebody shout hallelujah. The fourth misconception is that if I really feel strongly about it, it should be God. If I really feel strongly about this, then it should be God. Well, I want you to know that every time you have some strong feelings, yes, it could be God. The word of God says in Colossians, it's God who causes us to will and to act according to his good purpose. It could be God. But also sometimes it's just you. And sometimes it's the devil. Sometimes Diablo is speaking. Sometimes it's the devil. Well, let me show you Bible for it. In the book of 1 John chapter 2 verse 16, I'm going to paraphrase here. It says sometimes we have these feelings of the world where we have the lust of the eyes. The lust of the flesh and the pride of life. Sometimes the reason you have those strong feelings and you want to have that thing may not always be God. Sometimes it's just the pride of life. The lust of the eyes. You can't do everything you feel like doing. Sometimes I want to smack somebody, but I can't do that. Come on, don't judge me. You felt like smacking somebody once in a while. 
We just had a birthday party at my house. There's a big old cake with frosting in my kitchen. Every time I go through it, I feel like I'm hearing the voice of God to take a bite. <laughs> That's not God. I mean, that cake is like, come here, darling, come every day. I'm like, honey, why do you keep this cake right here in the open? And sometimes it's the devil speaking. The Bible says in the book of Luke chapter 4 verse 3, it says, And the devil said to him, and the devil said to him, him, capital H, the devil is speaking to the devil. The devil is speaking to Jesus, capital H. If the devil has the, the audacity to speak to Jesus, I want you to know, people of God, he will speak to you. He will tempt you. He will speak to you. The devil still speaks. I was watching a TV show where a little kid killed another kid. And when they were talking to him, this kid said, voices were telling me. What voices? The devil. Somebody called the devil told me to chalk this kid. The devil still speaks. It gets really quiet in the house of God once you start talking about the devil. Come on. Don't fear. The name of Jesus is greater than the enemy. And we are raising a generation that is powerful in the house of God. Sometimes we do too much counseling in the American church. You cannot counsel a devil. Sometimes that thing that's breaking up that marriage and want to cause this marriage to go into divorce is not just some extra counseling. Sometimes it's the spirit of divorce and you've got to cast it out in the name of Jesus and send it back where it comes from. Somebody shout hallelujah. Come on, I want to see a generation here that knows how to pray and how to cast out devils in the name of Jesus. Plead the blood of Jesus over that thing. Your kids are coming up in depression and suicide. Don't say, honey, let's just talk about this. No, 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 no. You need to take, take charge of that spirit. Somebody shout amen. But every time you feel something strong, you feel like you want to do something, it's not always God. Sometimes it's God. Sometimes it's what? You. And sometimes it's the devil. The fifth misconception is that if everyone is doing it, then it must be God. If everyone is doing it, then it, it must be God. I call this church fashion. Church fashion. It happens. We live in a generation that loves Hollywood. And we deal with Christianity sometimes like it's a fashion. So everybody's wearing skinny jeans. Man, listen, I got my skinny jeans on. Everybody's wearing this. But we start to do the same thing in the house of God. Everybody is doing this. I got to be part of it. Everyone is going here. I gotta. What has the Lord spoken to you? You will miss the voice of God. The Bible says in the book of Genesis chapter 7 verse 1. When everything was ready, the Lord said to Noah, go into the boat with, your, with all your family. For among all the people of the earth, I can see that you alone are righteous. Noah is building a boat in the midst of everybody else saying this is the wrong thing, but he heard the voice of God. Can you dare follow Jesus when everybody else you know is going into the wrong direction? I remember a time when I used to work at this company. There's a guy who we knew, he claimed to be a millionaire, and he came over there, and he was like, everybody, give me your social securities. I'm going to buy houses in your names. And, and, and I'll give you $30,000 when we get the loans. And then we're going to flip the houses in six months and flip it again. And every time we do that, you're going to get $30,000. And I was like, oh, my God, this is why I came to America. I was this, I was like this, 
It sounds a little crazy. Let me investigate about it. After investigating, everybody was doing it. There was 12 people in that company. And everybody was doing it. And the day that I was supposed to sign, I felt uneasy in my spirit. Come on, somebody. You know that thing? What happened to, to feeling that thing and listening to it? And I felt something. I felt the Holy Spirit say, don't do it. Don't do it. Can I say to you that there were, there were five other Christians in this company who did it. Hey, brother, you've got to do this. This is the world. This is the wealth of the wicked being transferred into the righteous. Come on, you've got to do it. Long story, FBI investigated this whole thing. The ringleader was taken to jail. And I was the only one who went to jail in Rhode Island to see him, and I led him to Christ. And the rest of the people in that company had to file bankruptcy. I've never filed bankruptcy before. That thing is not on my record because I heard the voice of God in the midst of the majority heading in the wrong direction. The voice of God is not always in the majority. Somebody shout hallelujah. Number six. God does not speak to me when I do something wrong. I call this the sin philosophy. God does not speak to me when I do something wrong. Remember Adam, when he sinned in the garden, God was chasing after him. God still speaks to you when you've done something wrong. When my kids do something wrong, I still speak to them. I go to them. It was Adam that was running away and hiding because of his shame. And there are many of us in this place who are thinking, God's not speaking to me anymore. No, the problem is you're not coming to God confidently and expecting a word because you haven't done the last thing he told you to do. Somebody say amen and help me out here. The Bible says in the book of 1 John chapter 3, 21 to 22. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then we have confidence towards God. When we don't have shame, we have confidence towards God. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him. Because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. When you make a mistake, God still speaks to you. What you need to do is just repent and come back to his throne. The devil wants you to feel ashamed. The devil wants you to run away. It doesn't matter what you've done in this place. It doesn't matter how much you've blown it. I blow it too. Somebody shout hallelujah. I blow it too. Something happened this week and I was just like, God, I'm still fighting with this thing. I just, I, I was talking to my wife this week. I'm, man, I'm doing good. Our relationship is incredible. But for some reason, it's been a long time. For some reason, I just, I just lost it this week. I was like, hon, I'm not happy with this. I'm and I was just like, God, I'm trying to get over this thing. Once in a while, I find myself in this place. Can a pastor be real in this? It's getting a little quiet. I want you to know that you're not any different from some of us. I get to moments when I, where I feel like, oh my God, like, no, no, don't get me wrong. I'm not doing any crazy stuff. We can't be justifying crazy things. Those days of crazy preachers sinning and in the pulpit are over in the name of Jesus. But I'm not a perfect person. But you repent. I tell that devil, you cannot stop me. Daddy God loves me. That was, a, that was just a little glitch. I'm coming back to God and I'm repenting. I'm coming back boldly. You repent and you come back to God. 
Now, impact, I want to give you three things you need to know about hearing the voice of God. Three things you need to know about hearing the voice of God. By the way, Impact Church, today I'm just laying a foundation for this message series on hearing the voice of God. And next week, we're actually going to deal with how to hear the voice of God. And I've been praying and I'm asking God that 100% of everybody in this room is going to start to hear the voice of God with clarity. Somebody shout amen. Come on, you're going to hear the voice of God. We're going to have a moment here next Sunday where we're going to allow the Holy Spirit to come and speak in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. The first thing you need to know about the voice of God is that the voice of God, hearing the voice of God is innate. Hearing the voice of God is innate. In other words, it's inborn. You are born again in the spirit of God with the ability to hear the voice of God. Just like every child who's born is born with the ability to hear. You're born again through the spirit of God in Christ Jesus with the ability to hear the voice of God. It's innate. It's inborn. John chapter 10, verse 2 to 4. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens. And the sheep do what? And the sheep hear his voice. Who's the shepherd? Who's the shepherd? Who's the sheep? And the sheep do what? Everybody who said yes to Jesus, you've been given the power to hear the voice of God. Please stop praying for God to speak to you. My kids don't have to wake up in the morning and say, Daddy, speak to me. Daddy, speak to me. Daddy, speak to me. You can fast and pray for God's voice to become clear. And it's not because there's something wrong with God. What's wrong may be your signal. But you don't have to ever beg God to speak to you. It would be crazy if my kids were like, speak to me, daddy. Speak to me, daddy. Speak to me, daddy. Speak to me. That's what some of us are doing. It's innate. You've been given the spiritual benefit to hear the voice of God. Impact Church, I want you to know that hearing the voice of God is not so much about what you do, but who you've become. Hearing the voice of God is not just a matter of skill, but identity. As a son of God, you've been given the right and the identity to hear the voice of God. Hearing the voice of God is a part of your spiritual DNA and design. Somebody shout amen. That's why impact, you've got to expect God to speak to you. Oh, come on somebody. When you come into a church like this, you've got to expect daddy God to speak to you. When you wake up in the morning and you're reading the word of God, you've got to expect that God's going to speak to you. Get a pen, get a paper, quiet yourself and expect God to speak to you. And he will speak to you because it's your spiritual right. Uh, I was telling the last service, and I hope I, I don't get in trouble in this service, but I was telling the last service that one of the things that, that I find interesting is when people treat dogs like human beings. Now, I'm not a, a dog, I'm not a dog hater. I actually love dogs. I grew up with dogs. But 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 can we be honest? Sometimes people take it a little little too far. Right? Now I want you to know that even though your dog can be trained to to hear things, the dog doesn't really hear you. If you don't believe me, I want you to go home. How many people have dogs here? 
kind of checking the parameters. I want you to go home and, and look at that dog and say, you're the ugliest dog in the world. You, you're just the ugliest dog in the world. So ugly, fail, fail, fail. <laughs> and that dog would be like, hey. <laughs> fail, fail, fail. You're the ugliest dog in the world. That dog would be happy thinking you say the nicest thing to him. Because even though that dog learns to hear you intuitively, dogs were never designed to hear you. Uh. Now, one of the things I love doing as a pastor is visiting people's homes. Please, you can still invite me to your house if you have a dog. Because I love dogs. I really do. But this lady invited me one time. And she was just like, Pastor, I want to introduce you to the family. Come on, doggy. Come on, doggy. The dog can Big dog. Listen, I'm, I'm cool with the tiny little dogs. Little tiny dogs. I'm cool with them. But I grew up in Africa, so people don't just have dogs for pleasure. People have dogs for security. Those dogs will bite you for real. So I'm really very careful when I'm around dogs, especially when they're big. So the lady says, meet the family. Meet the family. And she's speaking to the dog. Hey, dog, this is our pastor. This is our man of God. Give honor to whom honor is due. And I'm there. I'm like, praise the Lord. <laughs> hallelujah. Hey. Hey, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> hallelujah. And that thing is barking at me. Huff! And the lady is like, no, you better honor the man of God. You better behave. Behave. Sit down. Sit. 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 Say hello to the man of God. Huff! Huff! I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus. I'm like, I got one leg up. I'm going to take care of this. I'm an African. This is not how I'm going out. How did an uncle die in America? He got bit by a dog. No, that's not how I'm going out. Impact, I want you to know this. You're not a dog. You've got a soul. You have a son, you're a son of God, a daughter of God. God's given you the innate the spiritual innate ability to hear the voice of God. One of the greatest benefits that there is in being a son of God. I'm so glad I'm a son of God. I'm so glad he speaks to me. Thank you, God, for your voice. Thank you, Daddy, God, for your voice. You've got to believe that he wants to speak to you. You've got to believe. It says, my sheep follow me. And they hear my voice. They know my voice. The second thing you need to know about hearing the voice of God is that hearing the voice of God is learned. Hearing the voice of God is learned. Now I know it sounds like an oxymoron. Pastor, you just said hearing the voice of God is innate. How can, be, how can it be innate? And at the same time, it's learned. Well, just like little, little kids. Hearing their parents is innate. But they also learn. That's why kids who grew up in Portuguese-speaking families will speak Portuguese. In Spanish-speaking families will speak Spanish. In English-speaking families, they'll speak English. Because even though it's innate, even though it's inborn, it's also learned. Well, pastor, how do you learn? I'm glad. I'm glad you asked. How do kids learn? They, they learn because they're around their parents. Three ways that you learn hearing the voice of God. Number one, through spiritual leaders. Number two, through reading the word of God. Number three, through the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Number one, spiritual leaders. Luke chapter 11, the disciples say to Jesus, Master, teach us how to pray. 
In other words, they're saying, Master, teach us how to hear your voice. Because prayer is not just a monologue, it's a dialogue. And many people just ask, God, give me, give me, give me, give me. When God is ready to speak to them, they walk away. The best time in prayer is when you've prayed, you quiet your spirit, and you begin to receive from the master. You begin to write down what he's telling you. You're taught how to hear the voice of God. You learn how to hear the voice of God through spiritual leaders. And then through the word of God. Reading the word of God. David says in the book of Psalms. 119 verse 105 he says thy word is a lamp unto my feet a light to my path thy word when i read your word i have direction my path is enlightened because i have direction impact i am concerned as a pastor that we are not reading the word of god anymore in this generation when most people tell you that they're having devotions they're watching youtube And reading a blog from some doctor, some theologian somewhere. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of good people online. But the fact that we have social media, it, it's, also created a, it's also created a vacuum in the kingdom of God. And it's released into that space people who've never been commissioned, never been trained, never been submitted to a man of God. To correct them and guide them. Life out of order. Rebellious. And they jump into that same space. And they're releasing the word of God. And it's contaminated and diluted. And no wonder the church of Jesus is spiritually constipated. Whatever happened to reading the pure, unadulterated, indestructible, incorruptible seed of the word of God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word dwelt among us, and the Word was made flesh. We're being transformed by reading God's Word. You've got to read God's Word. I'll tell you what I do. I know I'm a preacher, so you may, you may not read the Word of God the way I do. But on Tuesdays, from 2 p.m. to 12 o'clock to 12 a.m., I take 10 hours. And I find one scripture, and I read that thing over a hundred times until I begin to change and be like that scripture. You read it over and over. The first time you read it, nothing is coming. Second time you read it, nothing is coming. The third time you're reading it, the devil is reminding you of a bill you didn't pay. The fourth time you're reading it, the devil is reminding you something else you need to do. But you read it and you read it and you read it. Fifth time. 15th time, by the 20th time, something is happening to you. Something is changing. I dare you to go back and read the word of God until that addiction falls to the ground in the name of Jesus. We're not reading the word of God anymore. Then finally, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. We live in a noisy world. I want to charge you, Impact Church, just this week. Just, just this week, make an appointment with Jesus and say, Jesus, I'm going to give you an hour, just one hour. In business, most effective appointments happen between 45 minutes to an hour. Say, Jesus, I'm going to give you an hour. Pastor, sounds like a long time. No, no, no. You get yourself some worship. Get a Bible. Get in an atmosphere like this right now, this music. 
and you just sit there. And at first you'll be thinking about everything else that you didn't do that you're supposed to do. And then the devil will start telling you how not good you are, the mistakes you But you sit there and you continue to focus on Jesus. And he'll begin to speak to you in ways you've never heard before. Fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Then finally, impact. I told you the word of God, the voice of God is innate. It's learned. Then finally, the voice of God is matured. The voice of God is matured. It's matured. You learn in the things of God. My Joshua is still learning the things of God. And the other day he came from school. He was like, Daddy, that, there's a lady who came to the school. I said, which one, Joshua? Which? I said, Dad, the fat lady. I said, Josh, you don't say that. You, 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 don't, you don't speak like that. No, dad, so innocent. No, dad, no, she, she was the fat lady. I said, so I started teaching him. Josh, we don't say that. We don't speak that way. The word of God is matured. We start to mature and we start to learn. And we mature in the things of God. And you stop saying things that you're not supposed to say. How do you mature in the voice of God? Simply this, instant obedience will get you to mature in the things of God. Genesis chapter 12, God says to Abraham, ah. he says, I want you to leave your home and I want you to just get up and go to a land where I'll show you. He says, where? He says, just get up and go, just get up and go. And the Bible says immediately, next day, Abraham gets up, instant obedience. He gets up. And he goes. God comes back. Genesis chapter 22 verse 1 to 2. He says, I want you to go and sacrifice. What do you want me to sacrifice? Just go. Just go. Just go. Doesn't tell him what. He gets up and he starts going. Genesis chapter 22, 11 and 12. God says, sacrifice your son. And he obeys. And God's tell. God speaks to him again and said, no, don't do it. I have provided. Now just imagine that where Timmy is, is where God is trying to take Abraham. And here's where he's starting. God starts you by speaking to you things on a small level. He says, I want you to just get up and go. Go away. Don't just get up and go. He obeys. And God comes back and he says, I want you to go and sacrifice. Sacrifice what? I don't know, but just get up and go. And then he reaches this place. And God asks Abraham to do something that's the most difficult thing to do. The reason he's able to obey here is that he's been practicing obedience all along the way. Come on, let's put our hands together for Jesus. How do I mature and how do I practice the voice of God? You practice it by simply obeying what he told you to do. God, I need a new word. I need a new word. And God's saying, I can't give you a new instruction if you didn't do what I told you to do yesterday. You mature in hearing the voice of God by obedience. And let me tell you this. I'm speaking here from experience. Don't think... I've got into this place without paying a price. 
Uh, it hurts. It hurts some of the instruction that God will give you. It hurts. But the way you strengthen the muscle of hearing the voice of God is by simply obeying. You keep disobeying God after he's told you what to do. His voice will become faint and faint and faint and faint. You keep obeying God. No matter what anybody says. And the voice of God will become louder and clearer and clearer and clearer. Please close your eyes if you can. Holy Spirit, move in this place. Holy Spirit, move in this place. Do a work that no one can do. Father, I'm praying that you raise up a generation that knows your voice. A generation that doesn't do things out of convenience, but commitment. A generation that's married to Jesus. Father, I'm going to love my wife, not because I always feel like it, God, but because I have to honor you. That girl is your daughter. She's the apple of your eye. Father, I'm going to play with my kids even when I feel tired. Because that's what you want me to do. It's not about my feelings. It's about you, God. Father, I'll get up early in the morning. Seek your face. Read the word of God. Because you've said to do so. Father, raise up a generation. Father, we repent for disobeying your word. We repent, oh God. But we're coming back to you. For we know that you're daddy, God. You never chase us away from your presence. You want us to come into your presence. Father, I speak and I declare over this house that the voice of God is going to come clear to your people in the name of Jesus. They will hear your voice with clarity. Now, God, give them the grace to obey. Give this generation the grace to obey. For those that are convicted in this place, give them the grace to repent and to know that you love them even more. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.